Hello and welcome to Fringe Binge, daily doses from the Edinburgh Festival. It's episode 18. Now it's not long to go now in Edinburgh, there's about another four, five days left for performers and today's a very exciting day for all of us because it's the day that the Edinburgh Comedy Award nominees are announced. So I've got my fingers crossed. (laughs) Today on the show I talked to a very good friend of mine and a very funny man, it's Jacob Hawley. Jacob talks about what it's like to be a father now, talks about how much he admires me as a comedian, how much I've guided him throughout his career, how much he looks up to me, and how much I've inspired his comedy and uh, his attitude to life in many ways, I suppose. Initially, I recorded Jacob's interview on day one of the festival. We were both full of energy, fresh-faced, and starry-eyed. The recording didn't work, though. Sadly, I think I got the levels wrong. So instead, we've reconvened two and a half weeks later we are both exhausted and malnourished. There may be a few points we hear clicking in the interview. That's because Jacob would have said something really awful and uh, he's given me an edit point because he's a professional. And just for a laugh, I've left a couple in, but I may have taken them out as well. I'm not really sure anymore. I'm so tired. This is a really interesting episode. A lot of fun to do. I really hope you do enjoy it. Here, here it is. Dig in. We've got the cables in this time. We've got the cables in. It was too loud last time. Yeah. Because I didn't realise I had the volume down really low on my headphones. (laughs) (laughs) Put the volume very high on it. (laughs) So it was just you screeching. I'm sat. We're outside Brooks Bar, the members bar, at the uh, Pleasance. Uh, I'm looking at some traffic. (laughs) And I'm joined by the wonderful Jacob Hawley. Thanks for having me, Phil. Thanks for coming (laughs) on, Jacob. Take two. Take two. We tried and it went wrong. It went horribly wrong. And I think our energy is a lot lower on this one, two and a half weeks in. Yeah, we, yeah, we, we were sort of jumping around with that one, weren't we? We were really sort of mad and manic. Yeah, we it was we were great. Full, of, full of hope of what could be. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the festival's ground us we're down. Bludgeoned down by it. And now it's <laughs> aged you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob looks, always looks so fresh, but you look like a. Uh, like I, I, na- I now look old enough to do your show. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we did the interview, it was really funny. It was a really. It was like a poignant bit, I remember. And then the bird that did the biggest shit next to us. <laughs> you, you were lamenting about something. <laughs> just a massive turd landed next to us. So, Jacob, mm-hmm. tell us, what is the name of your show? Where is it on and what time is it on? <coughs> the show's called Bump. It's on uh, The Hive uh, on Nidri Street um, at one twenty-five every day. One twenty-five every day. This is your third hour? Yeah. So what year did you come up first? You were up first in I was I was here 2018. 2018. And then obviously second one 2019, big gap, but then this one. Mm. Um, it, to be honest with you, I, I've got mates who are doing sort of debut shows this year, and I don't envy them at all because you, you get very um, anxious about it, whereas once mm. you've done a few, you're sort of like, well, this is just what we do now, isn't it? You just come mm. up, do it, it goes fine, you go home, you could do... You know, it, it, uh, there's less jeopardy at this point. Do you know what I mean? Which do you not feel the need to uh, to scream re- that you're relevant? <laughs> well, <laughs> I do. I, I I quite I think I'm actually quite enjoying getting less relevant. <laughs> 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 well, it's, 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 it's you think like, and, it, and I've actually noticed this with the show this year is like, you you get older, and also when when you're debuting. You know, you get these PR people telling you which which tags you have to sort of hang very, you know, big round your neck. So mm. you ha- if, if you're working class, you have to be very working class. If you're young, you have to make a thing about being young. Yeah. If you're, you know, all of these things, 
if you're left wing, make sure you tell people you're left. Do you, do you know what I mean? All of yeah, that. Yeah. And then, like, just naturally. You have to you lean into any. Yeah, kind and, of and then just naturally as you get older, A, you, you become less like those things because that's just what normal people do. Yeah, yeah, of course. And actually, I think that makes you relate to normal audiences a lot better. Yeah. But B, you just, you just sort of go, well, rather than being the working class comedian or the young comedian or the, the left wing, you could just be the good comedian. Do <laughs> 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 you, you don't know about that. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you could. I, uh, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Of course, you, yeah. After a while, you, 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 it just gets quite boring doing the whole... You're right, actually. It's an interesting way that the comedy has, has moved. I think it might be going back to that, you know, because I think we're all a bit bored now yeah. of saying I'm the uh, such and such a thing comedian. I'm the comedian who lives on a hill. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm the comedian who's eco-friendly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm the f- it's like, uh, just be the funny one now. There's loads of funny acts up this year. I noticed there's one actor I think is doing particularly well who I saw a review of her show and they said, oh, yeah, but it's just like jokes. So it's like, I that is ridiculous. I, I, I won't name the film, but I know the show you're talking about, it's literally called Just Being Funny. And <laughs> I, I, know, I, know, I know the act quite well. She was going to do her debut show in 2020. Mm. At that point, she was going to do kind of what I'm talking about, like a show that's very much about her story, her background. She had like a monologue at the start of it. And in the time that's gone between then and now, she's gone, I actually don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah, yeah. I'm a comedian. I'm going to be funny. I'm going to call the show Just Being Funny. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, the review you're referring to, three stars in The Guardian, mm. and, like, the subheading of the review is like, but can a comedy show get by on being funny alone? It's like, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. think that that's turned... I think with some people, they are actually now, like, people are against that review. I think people are actually going, yeah, but that... We don't care anymore. Well, audiences are. They, they, this, this is the thing, and you notice it with the comedy industry, like... It, it takes reviewers a couple of years to actually clock what audiences are enjoying. Mm-hmm. And it takes even longer for, like, the industry as a whole, TV, you know, production agents, blah, blah, blah. You know, with, with the whole, like, move towards online, mm-hmm. that, that's where audiences are going. They love online stuff. They like comics who do the podcast, blah, 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 blah. That, they buy tickets to see those comics. Mm-hmm. You've seen at this fringe, comics who do well online aren't getting reviewed very well. And, and, and so but, but in a couple of years' time, they'll catch up. And it, what you're talking about in terms of people just being funny again... They, they will catch up eventually, the reviewers, but, but the, the audiences have got there already, and that's what matters. The, the, the acts that we're both referring to with those mm. reviews, I'm pretty sure they're both selling out. Yeah, yeah. They're both doing really well. So audience, like, and, and that's the big thing in this fringe, is, is going that there's a big difference between what critics say and what audiences care about. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's nice when you get nice reviews, but also, like, if you look at the people who are the reviewers here, you look at them and you go, I'd never have a beer with you. I, you and I, would I had never a beer be with one the other day <laughs> <laughs> in London. He reviewed the pint. <laughs> so there was a, there was a fo- forty litre lull. <laughs> forty litre lull. <laughs> yeah, too long. Dr- drawn out. <laughs> Doesn't buy around two stars. <laughs> oh, we have a drink. But no, it's interesting because I wrote and directed and produced your first show in two thousand. <laughs> You also claim to have styled my hair for the photos. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I met Jacob. We met back in 2018, 2017, 2018. I think, yeah. And uh, both with the same agency doing a gig uh, in this theatre. We both, you were quite late. Were you late? 
No, I think yeah. we both got there just before. No, you were there before me. No, I, 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 I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think we were late. But we both uh, we both got uh, train beers, which is how we um, bonded. And, we bonded and, and, and <laughs> for you, the journey home. You, you were getting a KFC, and I was. And I'd just been to. I'd just done like some sponsored content for KFC. So we spoke about KFC a lot. Yeah, we spoke about so KFC, KFC and train beers. And train beers. <laughs> and we never looked back. Really, we've <laughs> forged a friendship <laughs> on fried chicken and lager. <laughs> <laughs> well, funnily enough, I I right. I th- that year, I remember coming to see your show oh, yeah, in yeah. the Hive, and you you ended the show. Someone, a member of venue staff, pretending to beat the shit out of you, but actually oh, yeah. taking it quite seriously, really damaging you. You, yeah, you, you threw me into across the room at you, one point. You, you're you're stood there in a pair of hot pants. Your parents <laughs> have come. To, I always come when your parents come. I was there the other day this year when your parents came. But oh, in, yeah. in 2018, your parents had come, and I remember just seeing you stood there. You had a cowboy hat on, <laughs> a pair of hot pants. Your parents stood either side of you, and you just had a bag of KFC <laughs> that they'd brought to the gig and left <laughs> under the seat for you. They left under the seat, bless them. A bucket of chicken. Tell you what was funny about that so jim owen the comedian and he's uh, came with his mate who um <laughs> who invented puppetry of the penis i've told you about that <laughs> so so his I mate is australian guy he's a lovely guy uh comes every year and uh, he invented puppetry of the penis which is a show where two grown men wear capes take the penises out and then they'd the be sh- in jail now if they try they now. Would, the police are here from now here they are. <laughs> and they would the whole show is they then make this is ridiculous uh, it's been so quiet all day. Oh, Sadowitz is doing a gig. <laughs> Go get him. <laughs> and the puppeteer appears. Two men stand on stage and shape their penises into various objects like hamburgers, etc. Yeah. And so my mum and dad bought this bucket of chicken. I opened the bucket and I offered a piece to people. And of course, he goes, the guy who invented property of the penis <laughs> goes straight in. He picks up, right? He picks up every piece. He doesn't <laughs> want the top one, doesn't want that. Moves around till he finds the piece he wants. Then he goes, oh, great. The last, the last person you want fingering your chicken is the guy who, who made his money from playing with his own dick. <laughs> But yeah, so that was the that was the first album I did. So what was the show that year? Where where were you that, playing? That was that was called um, Howl, and that was at the Mash House with Just the Tonic. I did that room two years in a row. I did I did that 2018 and 2019. And that was a quite a successful year, wasn't it? Yeah. To be honest, they're always the same. Like it always kind of goes similar in the sense that few few four stars, few three stars. Audience like it. Go home, do it again. I, I, I've, I've never, I've never had, I've never had like a kind of. You've had like breakthrough. I think you've had a couple of like breakthrough fringes, haven't you? And you had obviously mm. when you won the panel prize, and then I think 2019 was a bit of a kind of breakthrough for you. You really sold out every day, five stars. You know, mm. you, you you had like a big. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah. I've this never is had my that. Breakdown, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I just, I just kind of, I just kind of tick along, it, and it, and it's. it's I, I, but you, you are highly sought after. I don't know who's seeking it. <laughs> well, you've got your BBC Sounds podcast. Well, you, well is that still going? It was, uh, it was Jacob no, Hall. That's done. Oh, right, we'll, we'll done, cut man. that. The Radio Four show's done. What was the Radio Four show? Uh, I did two that specials. I so I did two specials <laughs> that you wrote and directed. You've never yeah. seen any of the I've fucking never seen shows. Any shows right. <laughs> he doesn't even know if I'm any good at stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jacob's one of my favourite people in stand-up. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched you do a kick. I just, I just assume you're good. <laughs> <laughs> no, we kicked together. We, we, you, we've, I've emceed for you. That, that was what you. There's been a few times you've emceed and I've been on. Yeah, yeah. But then there was. I remember once I emceed and you headlined the gig. 
Where was that? That's Camberley. Strangely, yeah, yeah. I, I actually had people in my audience today who were at that gig. Well, them couldn't see me. I must have been dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I did, I, I've done radio for like so in 2018 and 19. I did a each show got then converted into a sort of one-off half hour of stand-up on Radio Four. And how did that feel to get that sort of? Well, I I didn't. I didn't really grow up listening to radio. I didn't really know what it was. So it was it was nice, but it's it's not. I think some people, Radio Four is a really big thing, isn't it? But I, I didn't really. Um, it was nice. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I don't want to sound. I think it's got a nostalgic feel. When I, I've done three series of Radio Four, and that was to me was a big thing because I did listen to radio comedy a lot. Yeah, when I was growing up. But like obviously in the years to come, everyone will, will gather around the TikTok. <laughs> well, that's it. Gather around, children. I'm this twelve-second clip. I'm going to try and get commissioned for a TikTok for this show. <laughs> but it's just—it's not so much like you say, okay, you didn't grow up on it, but you kind of do feel the weight of it to go. You've been the BBC have given you a thing. Just it being BBC is nice. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, yeah. That, That's very nice. Um, but off the back, but you also did have a podcast with the BBC when they, yeah, quite yeah. One, of the, one of their earlier ones, I'd say. Yeah, uh, it was the first time they were making them, yeah. yeah. And it was, it did really Jacob did Hawley off his tits. <laughs> Smacked up Hawley. <laughs> Jacob Hawley on drugs. You Jacob just went around talking to losers. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to listen to one, I hated the person. Everyone you spoke to, I hated. I was like, Christ alive. Get a job. Don't talk about how everything, how if they legalised smack, everything would be better. Get a Legalised smack. That is funny though, is it? A BBC show where you. Well, I think, I think that's why it did quite well. I, yeah, th- I, yeah. I think I think I think part of the reason that it got the traction it did is because people were so surprised that the BBC were making something on that mm. topic. It, cause it, if if that had been like a Vice thing, I don't think it would have done because everyone would have gone, "Oh yeah, that's what they do, isn't it?" Whereas I think because it was that, it was um, it, it got a bit more, and they, they were really good at promoting it. There was like adverts on TV for it and everything like that. It was yeah, yeah, great. Um, closest I've ever got to doing Mock the Week is they run an advert at the end of Mock the Week for my podcast. <laughs> I've got an audition for the next series. <laughs> I've got some really bad news, Phil. What? <laughs> <laughs> what, I've put a deposit down on a Volvo? <laughs> well, it's not finished again every time. So you've done that. You've, you're also a, a character in the Doctor Who audio, the BBC yeah, yeah, audio. Yeah. Drama. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, that is fun. so annoying. Uh, well, again, I, d- I don't really know. I've never watched Doctor Who. I'm, See, really ma- I'm such a big fan. I know. You <laughs> couldn't care less, could you? So, so in the Doctor Who thing, I, I play the do- the brother of one of the main characters. So the the, the main characters are these podcasters, these girls, and I, I'm the brother who gets abducted by the aliens, and they have to help get the Doctor to help get me back from the other side. So it's quite fun because a lot of what I was doing was just sort of like screaming in a, in a sort of distorted <laughs> voice, saying, "Help me, help me." Have you had any of these the the fans come to the shows? Not in Edinburgh, but I've had them come to shows in London. Really? And they're it's mad. such a big following. Yeah, but it, yeah it is. I, I had no idea, man. W- the, from that, what would you like to do then now? Because you, you've done those, you've done the radio series. What is, what is the ideal progression for Jacob Hawley? Where would where do Jacob Hawley like to go next on his comedy adventure? <laughs> I'm not going to sit on your lap and you're going to give, give me a gift. I'll give you nothing. <laughs> Um, well, I'm, gonna, I'm going on tour in the new year. Yeah. So I'm touring across the country in uh, from January until March next year. Yeah. So you need a support act? I can't afford a support act. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at the ticket sales. I'm yeah. fucking driving myself. The support I, act's just Jacob doing a voice wearing a hat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm going to tour in the new year. New year, And I, I think... Because um, the thing is, in lockdown, I, I did a lot of 
stuff like what you're referring to just pu- purely because I had to because I didn't get any self-employment money this, this is a sad part of my show yeah. but, oh. I, uh, but I, I just had to do I had to do podcasts I had to do radio I had to do scripts and all the shit that isn't stand-up I had to do it because you couldn't do stand-up and I had to earn money whereas after that I kind of got a bit bored of all of that and I just want to do this again and so that's this, this year I was just really focused on doing a show up here that audiences will like and mm-hmm. really get into Not not something that's as I said earlier, not something that's like, oh, I'm going to be the left wing. Do you know what I mean? Just, just, just fucking stand up that people, normal people, enjoy, so mm. that I can tour it in the new year and try and step on a bit as a live act. You know? Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. And I think, like you say, you don't, you're not pushing an agenda. That's it. You know, you've, you, well, you can't, you can't express your views. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Never work again, but no, I get it. You just want to be funny. I do like how the, the the sad part of your show is that you obviously you had to work to pay for <laughs> your family. Like I don't think I can see in years to come that your uh, other half saying to your children when they're throwing a tantrum, "You don't know how bad your dad had it. <laughs> he had to go out there every day and podcast. Yes, <laughs> from home. He had to zoom. Listen here, your dad was up at the crack of eight p.m. zooming gigs." to 12 people in Huddersfield <laughs> to put money on this table. The, wor- the worst bit was, because we were recording it all from home, <laughs> and we, we had like just a little one-bedroom open-plan flat, so every time I recorded, I had to kick my girlfriend and like my newborn baby out on the fucking street. And <laughs> 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 she's like, right, you need to go for a walk again. <laughs> it's yeah. like snowing outside. It's snowing. <laughs> Your poor dad's in there. Look at him in the window, sat down in a comfy chair. <laughs> click, click. <laughs> so... You've done, like you say, the other stuff you've been doing is just to subsidise stand-up, basically. So you're not interested. You haven't really... Because what I like about you is you've got a very relaxed attitude. You like what you do. You also appreciate what you do. But you're not, like... You're not rushing for anything. You're not... Well, I, d- I don't... I don't really... I don't, I don't know. I I mean, what do you want to do? You, I know, I know you I want to jump off this balcony <laughs> <at> first. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to watch me die. <laughs> I, I don't... I don't... I mean, it... I just like people coming to see me gig. Really, I I, I really like live comedy. I really enjoy it, and mm. I've 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 not done much TV or radio. Yeah, you know, I've done tiny little bits and bobs of it, and it, it's really fun. But it's it's my my one of my favourite acts is John Kearns, who's, who's coming up tomorrow actually. But he, oh, he, yeah, he, we should go for a beer with John. But he, he mm. um yeah, he's he's always said to me like you, you know the TV stuff and all that is is great, but it's this is your bread and butter. And it has to. And as soon as as soon as you're bad at this, the other stuff will disappear pretty quickly. Mm. I think. You know. I think you have to treat life as the kind of the lifeblood of it all. It has to be the most important thing, and it has to be what you wake up thinking about and pushing towards. Because we, as soon as someone's bad live, it, the rest will disappear. No, you're right. You're right. I think focusing on stand up this year—that's what I've really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. It's made me a better comic this year. Yeah. I feel I've got an actual rather than coming up. I always do shows that you can only do in Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, right. Pantomime cows coming in at the 30-minute mark. <laughs> but now you've got something you can use in clubs for the year. Something I can year go and play yeah. to four people it, in. It, yeah, exactly. In <laughs> <laughs> I can sell poorly elsewhere with this show. Would you <laughs> Would you come up next year? Uh, am I, what, am I going to do the Fringe? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to come for a little while, but I'm, I'll have another baby by then. My, my of course, yeah. To our second, so I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be dad next year. And, and, and I'm looking forward to that. And I'll come up and do a week, and I'll come and see you. Yeah. And if you do need a, a pantomime horse climbing through the middle, the arse I'll, I'll be the arse of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how good you are today. Well, I'm about to move here. Got to move him down the cow. <laughs> we can't have him well. up front. I was at the front before. <laughs> 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 I was at the front. 
you, what do you want to do when you're old, when you when you get a bit further into comedy, Jake? I, lo- I just like to be at the front of the horse, really. Front, the front, the front. Yeah, you're a dad, Jacob. You are a dad, in case you don't know. <laughs> I, I, we did say this last time record, but it's funny because when you were when uh, you knew you were expecting to be a father, it was funny because you were almost. <laughs> I always joke about it because it makes me laugh. You were talking as if you were like you said like you were setting up a standing order already for the child benefit, <laughs> as if it was, was already so going to sure. fail badly. I was so sure she was going to kick me out. <laughs> Six hundred quid a month. It was already set up. <laughs> you got that yeah. part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> but I already put the, the every other weekend it was in the Google Calendar yeah. <laughs> Thought Park. <laughs> do you think? Do you think having uh, a child and another one uh, imminent has changed your um, not your not the way you do comedy, but the way you view it? I think it's changed both. I think it has changed the way I do it and the way I view it. Mm. I think I think it makes it. You 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 allude to this in your show this year, but you you. You spend years being like, I want to be the best comedian in the world. I want to be the best at it. And mm. my my dad, um, so my dad's a really like clever guy, very mm. good at writing and stuff. But he, you know, he's a mechanic when I was born. He worked in power stations. But this is the other sad bit of the show, by the way. <laughs> but, but, but I well, basically point I'm getting at. When I was younger, I remember saying to my dad, "Why weren't you more ambitious with your career? Why didn't you chase things? Why don't you try and do something that you love?" Blah blah blah. And he was like, oh, "I just wanted to." you know work was work but I wanted to get home and be around your mum and you guys and and just Mm. be a good parent and I I never understood that and I I remember before becoming a parent being like the one thing this can't do is make me less ambitious and make me worse at comedy and ironically I think it's made me better at comedy because before I was just some annoying little 20 year old prick who you know if you're if you're a normal audience member, you're like, oh god, it's a bit fucking much. Yeah. Whereas now, now it's you're like thirty year old. I'm thirty year old prick, prick, but I've got kids, and, it, and but oh it's yeah. relatable. But but also, it, you you just kind of go, this isn't as important as getting home before bedtime. This isn't as important as going on holiday and doing stuff together. And mm. and it's you know, I'd rather be a great dad and an average comic than a great comic and an average dad. And, and yeah, it, ta- it takes yeah. a long time to to get to that point, and uh, but and people listen to that and go, "Oh God, it sounds like giving up a bit," but it's not. No, and and the two things do go hand in hand. You, you you know, being a better parent can make you a better comic as well because mm-hmm. you you learn things about empathy and listening, which are useful as as a writer and as a comic. But also, you get stories out of it and shit like that. You get I've got a show out of it this year because also you have other things going on. Yeah, do it, can we discuss your uh, sidelines? You like you like the uh, you like the Dell boy of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I run a I run a barber shop with my best friends back home. because uh, yeah, I used to live down the road from it in London, Finsbury Park. And you saw you saw me building. I saw you shop. building it. Yeah, I saw you <laughs> smashing the wall. I thought you were just broken in. It was <laughs> I thought you were just clearing out a news agent. Jacob's had another bad gig. He's, He's broken like, oh, into Christ. a unit again. Expect to see some people tied up in the back. <laughs> But oh yeah, you're clearing out. That's your barber's shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barber shop two. That's third the one on the way. Third. <laughs> I'm talking about my children. I know. <laughs> this one's in Bethnal Green. <laughs> Six hundred quid a month. <laughs> no, so you've sort of fell into. I remember when you told me you'd basically lent your mate loads of money. What was it? Yeah. But I remember you sort of fell into that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I gave my mate a bit of money. Mm. Just, just, just. It was. It was after. It was when I first met you, because I'd have done the 2017 Fringe, mm-hmm. where I'd done like a work in progress on the free Fringe. It's the only time I made money, but I made a little bit of money out of that. Gave it to my mate, who's a barber. We started our own little thing in the corner of a barber, in, in the corner of a warehouse in Tottenham. Mm. And then, yeah, since then, it's just grown and grown and grown. I've got employees now. 
Christ. I've got to go and sort out someone's pension tomorrow. <laughs> like, genuinely, it's quite weird. I've got like 12 people who rely on me to pay their wages and stuff. It's mad. That's great. Because you're very, like, you're a very intelligent guy and you're very um, level headed, which really <coughs> makes you stand out in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I think, you know, it's part of the reason you and I get on is because it's, it's, you don't really feel like you're around a comedian. I think that's, that's the nicest thing. I, I do my best to. Yeah, it's people sort of see me sat in the back of Bannerman's, which is a little rock pub on the corner. Yeah, yeah. I was sat with you and Shay and people like that, and we don't look like comics, do we? We, well, look, we look like we look like a really shit gang that someone's got <laughs> together for a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the driver, <laughs> you're the brains. <laughs> Just quickly, because so we met quite a few years, but when did you start comedy? What was the first? What was 2014. The 2014. How old yeah. were you then? Then you were 30, 23. 23. 23. Yeah. So what made you want to do that? What was it? I've what always was wanted to do it. I've I've always wanted to be a comic. I I, I grew up on comedy. Like me, me and my family would always watch um, like Forty Towers, um, Only Fools and Horses, stuff like that. And so I, I've I've always wanted to do comedy, and I've always always liked stand up. I I used to watch all the sort of DVD comedians when I was growing up, which was like the sort of Kevin Bridges, Russell Brands, people like that. Um, mm. And so yeah, it's just what I always wanted to do. So I I chose a, a university course that I've hated. It was a theatre course. And I've got no... I hate the theatre. I cannot imagine you. No, but I, I sat there, but basically they, they have one module on stand-up comedy. Right. But it's in the third year. So I had to sit through two years of, of acting, of costume design, of lighting. I'm, I'm like, not turning up, sulking in the corner, you know, mm. just, just just not making any friends. I've, I've, I've got no friends from university. Just because I, I basically just sat around for two and a half years to get to this stand-up comedy module Waiting. at the end. And and basically the module was just how to hold a microphone. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've never really understood a degree in comedy. Some people do degrees. In yeah, um, how do you get a whole degree out of it? I never know. I mean, what, what well, it's you so should... useless. What are you going to do? Well, well, what can you bring to the job? Here's my thesis on Miranda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you seem overqualified. <laughs> I mean? If anyone does like what the mistake I made, I should, I should have just started. Do, I should have started younger. I should have started younger. I should, well, I should have just got a job at eighteen and just started doing gigs. That that that's what you should do. Just do gigs. That's that's the only way yeah. you learn. I think so. <coughs> I got, I fell into it by um, I didn't know how to get into comedy because you don't. I can see why you would do it because if you don't know, you you take <coughs> for granted that everyone knows how comedy works and progresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you do is you you you. You find uh, open mic nights where it's free. Yep. You don't get paid. You get up and do five, and then you keep doing it till you're good enough. So someone goes, "Oh, he's good," and then maybe you do uh, another, like a, a ten, maybe uh, pay at a comedy club, at yeah, a comedy yeah, club. Yeah. But that can take a year to get there. Yeah, and then after that, it can take years to then open. Do so twenty it, minutes, and yeah, it builds up. Generally, that's how it works. But um, so I just rang up. I didn't know. I didn't have the internet by right, right else for that. I mean, the internet was a thing that people had. We just didn't, <laughs> have, just it. didn't have it. Just <laughs> have to go to the library. I just got a Time Out magazine and just rang up all the. Th I'd see Jimmy Carr doing a gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, just like, I did that. I, I even even I, I remember phoning up um, the Banana Cabaret in South London. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. It's phoning a guy Greg called Greg. PJ. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, that that was how I got one of my first gigs. I just had to phone this guy. And it's sort of you know, it's, you'd almost have to do like a kind of job interview over the phone. He'd be like, mm. he'd be like, "Well, are you funny?" And you go, "Well, I, f I think so." And you go, "Have you done it before?" And I go, well, "Not really." You go, oh, "I guess you can have a go." And he's just but it's good up. that they yeah. gave you a chance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, yeah. And it's, it's obviously very different now. But they I'm don't book you now, obviously. <laughs> I saw you, but. <laughs>
anyone take you under the wing? Anyone help guide you when you start? No, not really. No, you just <laughs> <into the phone. laughs> I didn't know if you were fishing for me to say you then. No, I I, I um actually do you know what? Um Kevin Bridges was actually I did I did a gig with him mm-hmm. um in South London. He was doing like sort of new new material jo- dropping in somewhere and he was really nice and gave me a shout out to his agent who mm. who I still work with a lot to this day. Yeah. They're not my agent, but they, they book a lot of gigs. We you and I both do those gigs now, so it that that was that gave me a bit of a leg up Good. from him, so that was nice. And he, he's like a hero of mine. And I've I've opened one for of the him best. and stuff since then. So huh? he's one of the best? Yeah, I think he is the best. I think he's Yeah. What um okay, is he your favourite comic then, Kevin? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, give me something, mate. Am I in the top no, four? No, Phil, Phil, Phil's my favourite comic. And, and I will say, actually, <laughs> I will say, uh, the, the 2019 show that I, I had a you know 30-second walk on in, but that that's honestly one of my favourite shows I've ever seen at the festival, and I think oh, it's one of my favourite things I've been a part of. One of my best, some of my best memories of this fringe have been doing that show. I was really proud to do that. Oh, well, it was, uh, it was wonderful to have you a part of it. That's all I wanted. That's all I'm going to use. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, the rest Bill. of it boring. <laughs> so thanks, Jake. But it's nice. Uh, it's nice to learn a little bit more about you and your attitude. I think this is quite insightful for people at home <laughs> who don't know anything about the industry. I think it really put them off getting involved <laughs> in your cynical <laughs> view. Two miserable old fuckers. <laughs> I was so bright-eyed and happy, and then I got involved with your then shit. Then you got in my And now it's <laughs> another miserable old prick at the back of Bannerman. <laughs> <laughs> he sends 600 quid a month to the mother of his children. <laughs> Jacob, wonderful to have you on. Thank, Thank you, you so mate. much. Uh, one more time, please, tell us what the name of your show is, what time it's on, and <laughs> where it's on at. The show's called Bump. Uh, it's at the Hive, part of Monkey Barrel, and it's on 125 every day. Excellent. And it's a brilliant show. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's the best one, Jake. I think it's the best one Jacob's done. How do you feel? Do you think it's the best one? I thought your second one was better, actually. <laughs> what, what bit did you like in the second one? The bit where you're pretending to be working class. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, mate. Thanks for having that, me on. Thanks for coming on, pal. Thanks so much for listening. Please do download the episodes where you can. Like, follow, share, subscribe. I don't know what you're meant to do, but add us on the socials at Fringe Binge Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, where I'll be posting loads of holiday pics of me every other day. So do, you know, look out for those. But most importantly, guys, tune in again tomorrow. Just please look after each other. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>